I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1974. The album is Holes and Mellow Rolls. Our artist, Gabe Kaplan, my guest, Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy, thank you for inviting me here. Uh, well, thank you for inviting me on your on show. On your show, but you invited me to record it here. At the Never Not Funny Studios. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that's because you have an animal, right? Isn't that the case? I have two animals that would probably kill you if you're... Right? You've yeah. got very bad... Deathly allergic. Yeah, 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 what okay. do you have? Yeah. Dog and cat? Two cats. Two cats. Two cats, yeah. But I would love them. No, they're adorable, but I understand that they would kill you. Yeah, I'm sorry. sadly. Um... So you gave me a number of options, and then I told you we should do Andrew Dice Clay. And you said, nope, too long, even though that was one of your options. It was a, not, not only was it one of my options, it was my first choice. And then I realized, I don't know if I want to listen to The Day the Laughter Died mm-hmm. for three hours. Okay, no, I got that, yeah. Uh, have you ever heard three that? Hour? No, I haven't. I, don't, I, can't, I have trouble with Andrew Dice Clay. What, what's your trouble? M- my trouble is differentiating, but, and this is a childish thing, but like I grew up not understanding the difference between character and performer, you know, as a little kid. And then my parents were like, oh, that's garbage. Don't listen to that. So eventually it became this thing in the back of your head okay. where you're like, don't listen to this shit. And then Matt Knutson did one of his albums on the show. And we listened to it. I was like, all right. And he's like, and I was like, at the end, I'm like, would you rec- why recommend this? He's like, I don't know that I would. And I'm like, yeah, I appreciate that because it's, it's a bit much. Is it was it the is it the black and white just dice that one the black and white cover? Yeah, I think so. I Where think so. Does the rhymes mm-hmm. and is this uh, something different than the one is, that you picked? This is one where originally, I, and I want to say it was a two or three cassette set when I bought it. Jesus Christ! I don't know what it is mm-hmm. as much like I would. Like, we almost should have done it so that I could have researched it to figure it out. Sure. Uh, I wonder if it was him going up at the comedy store and working out material for his new album. Uh huh. And he he's bombing like he's bombing <laughs> okay and he put it out all right and it's him working stuff out like he does a bit about Je- jehovah that, that sounds more like dennis miller than it did uh, yeah but i got it though. uh <laughs> and there's a lot of funny on there yeah. and there's a lot of you, you got to appreciate a guy putting out an album of him just yeah. bombing and walking people mm-hmm. and uh people yelling do the do the uh, do, oh, you know, do the poems, whatever they're yeah, called, yeah, the yeah. Uh, nursery rhymes, mm-hmm. and him going, fuck you, I'm not getting, you know, and oh getting God. mad at them for wanting to hear it. And, uh-huh. uh, so in that regard, it's interesting, but I just wasn't in the mood uh, to listen to it. Uh-huh. But to go back about Dice, what I first saw Dice, uh, my buddy saw him at the comedy store mm-hmm. in the 80s, mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Came back to Chicago and said, there's a guy like this dirty Fonzie, and it's hysterical. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. And then I saw him on the Young Comedian special, mm-hmm. um, and was like, yeah, this is funny. What a what a ridiculous character. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Then we saw him live at a place called George's. It was a jazz club where I happened to see Gopher Godfrey a couple times, okay. Dennis Miller a couple times, uh, Harry Shearer, awesome. uh, who I know you just had on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, some we they would have comedy at this jazz club. Okay, uh, it was right before, before the boom was happening, mm-hmm. and Dice was one of them. And it was like, this is great. Like uh-huh. we're in on this. We're kind of in on this sure. character. And then all of a sudden, to speak to what you said, I don't think it was a character anymore. Like I think mm. it, I think he started believing what the Dice Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And started living the Dice Man. And then I literally went from like this is really funny to nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. But I was on the road so much, I would buy any 
a comedian cassette mm-hmm. to kill the time traveling from gig to gig. And when I saw the day the laughter died, I might be, I might have that wrong. Even the, the name, I think it's. No, I think that was right. Yeah. Uh, I did find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yet I was not willing to revisit it yeah. for your experimentational podcast. <laughs> and then what were my what were my other choices? Uh, your other choices were well, this one, and then what the hell did you say? There was Let a me, Jackie Mason. There was a Jackie Mason one, which I actually would have been down for and probably should have picked. Because um, we haven't, I've got a bunch of his albums, but I've listened to zero of them. Oh, the, uh, this is a problem with my collection is that like it's massive, but I, I haven't heard most of them. Well, I thought the whole premise of you is that you listen to comedy on vinyl. You, you know, you said this last time, Jim. I do, but you know, I just called you Jim. I'm sorry, we're not that familiar. I'm Jimmy? comfortable. I'm okay with it. Okay, Jimbo. What I'm trying to say is that mm. uh, not so much. Mm-mm. No, there was Jackie Mason, Dice, Gabe Kaplan, and uh, Best of Comic Relief. Actually, that would have been fun too. So. Well, I'll come back on, provided you don't want to murder me at the end of this one. <laughs> uh, I like the best of comic relief. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about it at length maybe one day. Because uh, mm-hmm. it it's neat to hear those people. Again, it's it's 1986, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Uh, and then Jackie Mason, remember that was his comeback, the one that I was suggested, The World According to Me, is that what it's called? Yes. That was when we all uh, uh, liked Jackie Mason again. Yeah. And I saw him at a concert venue, like a wow. huge outdoor arena like the you know the night before neil diamond was playing wow. like and then that's some shit i'm never gonna get to see unless yeah. i want to go see dane cook and this is not me shitting on or dane amy cook. schumer you know what i mean or true amy schumer uh that's true i guess i could go see amy schumer never mind i'm an ass you're right I'm she, I mean, she's doing the forum i think even as we record this really uh-huh yeah, the forum the forum where i saw chicago and earth wind and fire wow the comedian's gonna be there now yeah i well, think that's insane yeah, it is insane uh yeah because i mean in, in recent uh, yeah all right all right, I have to go see Amy Schumer now, although I'm, no. there's no way I could afford it. No? I, well, no, I, certainly see Amy Schumer. <laughs> okay. I'm saying no to the venue. Mm. I don't, I yeah. personally, and this and Dice certainly suffered from this, as mm-hmm. did Steve Martin and any of them, that that's, comedy's not supposed to be sure. in a shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I got in my that. opinion, it's supposed to be for 200 people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So when you should, okay, yes. we're going to get to Gabe Go. Kaplan in a minute, but yes. so when you, when in your head you're shooting down this idea of, of giving a fuck about Dice is just because he's repulsive or was there kind of part of your comedy brain that's like, oh, well that, that kind of shits on everything he just did that I enjoy. I like, don't, I, I think it was when I, and by the way, I've since come back around on him a little bit uh-huh. of like, I, I thought his, uh, his version of Kirby Enthusiasm, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny with mm-hmm. Natasha Legero playing his wife and that mm-hmm. thing and, uh. And I've always had a, like, even when he was on The Apprentice, mm-hmm. where he calls Donald Trump Donnie, and mm-hmm. everybody gets mad at him. I don't, yeah. like, like a record, like, a horrible uh, produ- producing where they, like, it was basically like an 80s movie where the needle stops oh, on the record. fuck. He goes, well, well, let me tell you something, Donnie, and whoa! Oh, my and Christ. now that we know who Donald Trump is. Sure. He probably did not, he truly was not happy with that. Sure. Uh, but I kind of, I've always had a soft spot for Dice because I, I, I don't know why, because mm-hmm. he had it all mm-hmm. and he appealed to the dumbest of people like <laughs> like when he played the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago and you're there and I was afraid to I was, for my life you know it was like it was just a room full of dumb yeah yeah and like and, but that and then he catered to that and but yet I somehow was like oh but he's better than that yeah at least I thought he was because right. I liked him yeah so I don't know if it ever was that he was shitting on comedic stuff I don't know I think I yeah. just kind of 
Maybe I didn't like his audience. I don't know. No, I get that. And he also started sucking. Let's keep that in mind. Right, right, right. No, that's fine. And people people are going to go. Is it? Man, that see, that's difficult, is when you start to have to adapt to an audience that is laughing for the wrong fucking reasons. Right. You don't have to adapt to that. And, I mean, you've got the bonus of this platform as a podcast to be like, oh, by the way, most of the shit I say is ironic. I, I don't, I have no hate in my heart, by right. the way. You, of you know? course. So you have that bonus that he doesn't have. So I don't know. I wonder if he gets sucked into his own bullshit because he just couldn't explain himself. Well, how do you not? Like, if you're doing 25,000-seat arenas. Yeah. Yeah. And they're chanting your name. And, sure. And by the way, I, I, and, and it speaks to Amy Schumer. Like, mm-hmm. Some will argue, like, why is Amy Schumer doing it? How do you not do it? Yeah. If right. they offer it and you get to go and do a show at the Forum mm-hmm. and make as much money in one show that you've uh, made, you, maybe your entire comedy career. Yeah, that's a good point. God damn. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That said, I wouldn't do it. I would do a series of shows at a smaller venue. <laughs> I, don't know why, I don't know why Bad Groucho showed up. <laughs> I don't know, in a smaller venue. Uh, that's the first thing I want to talk about in Gabe Kaplan. Gabe yeah. Kaplan is like the master of, or at least very fond of shoehorning every impression he can do into, yes, a, into did, an right? album. And that's kind of charming. It's a pretty charming album. Uh, I mean, what there a great way to put it. You know, I mean, that's the best because like I'm, I, there's, yeah, it's some of it's very middle of the road. Although at the same time, he's like using some language that I guess is like newly, hey, we can say this on an album now. In 19, now I was surprised that's what stood out. 1974. Mm-hmm. I was. I. I loved how relaxed he was. Yeah. And and and, and he's getting laughs. It's mm-hmm. not like you, when you hear some albums from that generation and that era where they're relaxed, but they're kind of just getting like you can almost hear the glassware. Uh-huh. He's <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. nice sized laughs. That's he's true. doing well, and um, he's talking about his life and mm-hmm. and yes, but then he. Uh, he's using language that I couldn't believe. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, why is Mr. Cotter uh-huh. saying fucking? Like, mm-hmm. that yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. What? Yeah, big time. Yeah. And then when he does my probably my favorite bit on it, which is the drunk Ed Sullivan, and I think it's and I don't know why that's my favorite. Part. I don't disagree. In fact, I I, I'm, I want to hear which one which line you thought was interesting because I quoted it yesterday at dinner. He's coming here tonight and give a monkey an enema. So I sure here. Well, you youngsters are going to like this. And your National Wildlife Association reminds you that a regular monkey is a happy monkey, right? Bring in your monkey, zookeeper, and sock it to him. Where's your monkey? He doesn't want to do it? Oh, why don't you bring Kate Smith in here? <laughs> Come on, Kate, we got a surprise for you. <laughs> We're gonna bring your moon over the mountain. <laughs> she doesn't want to do it either. Where's Topo Gigio? <laughs> Little faggot mouse. Uh, well, the one that I was think. just stood out the most is only because he's talking about an enema and calls Topo Shishio the little faggot mouse. The little faggot. And yeah. he says the F, he says that word. It's <laughs> like, and, holy crap. And by the way, funny. Yeah, no, it is very funny. Like, he says it, and it's like, at, at a time where, of course, it was accepted to say that. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been, but right. it was. Right. 
a word we don't say today, mm-hmm. but in that regard, when it's drunk Ed Sullivan sure. talking about this mouse, mm-hmm. that word is the perfect word for that joke. Well, yeah, I mean, he opens it up as a Jewish man. He opens it up. Right. But we got to we got a Jew comic. We'll give you some Jew jokes. I think he says, which I think is very funny, and I don't know why. What's the other one that he says? Oh, uh, he either says Negro or colored. One he of says Negro. He does say Negro. Uh, uh, he's going to come out. Uh, James uh, Brown's going to do some of that soul for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was like to that regard, like. I had not heard this album mm-hmm. in, uh, when did I buy it? Maybe 88 or 89. Uh-huh. And I still have that copy. That's the copy I have. So mm-hmm. um, two things that are interesting other than me dying currently <laughs> is I had the exact same joke as him that I had to drop from my open mic days about being adopted. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if I was adopted. So I went to my dad, Lim Chung or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I picked some other Asian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I thought, what a genius joke. <laughs> and then, which is pretty good that a guy recorded it in 74. Course, and yeah. dummy me, that maybe I heard it on the Tonight Show or Who something. And, uh, but I remember I had to drop that joke mm-hmm. when I first heard this album. It was kind of at a time where I probably only had nine minutes. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> was it also uh, your opener? It was not my opening. Okay, it was, it was right. kind of just in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, uh, what the hell was my point? Uh, how edgy he was. Mm-hmm. Like, because, again, it's Mr. Cotter to me. Yeah. The school teacher mm-hmm. who is telling horrible uncle jokes at the end. Mm-hmm. And here he is using this language that we just spoke of uh-huh. and drunk Ed Sullivan. I would like to see Ed Sullivan where he doesn't give a shit anymore. Like, what? that's a pretty decent premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, was it... Good God, am I and now? You know, I'm just gonna have a brain fart about. Ha, was were you not talking about this show on your podcast a couple weeks ago? It, it must have been some other podcast, but I, I can't remember. Somebody was talking about what? Welcome back, Cotter. Somebody oh, we always little, talk about it. Okay, all right. So animals, Cotter comes yeah. up every. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know that Horseshack came from a character in his stand up either. I had zero idea that this was all so much drawn from his. Which is, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the first? Not Bob, because I don't think Newhart's sitcom was based on his stand-up. Not really. Whereas this was, I think Gabe was the first guy to get a sitcom and let's, hey, let's adapt your stand-up into a sitcom. Yeah, it must be. I know we're going to get proven wrong by somebody. Sure, of course. That's the first one, the earliest I can think of, because all Bob Newhart had was... I have a phone call at the beginning of most of my episodes, and that was it. Right. It's the only tie-in. And what about uh, Sanford and Son? I mean, I mean mm-hmm. Red Fox wasn't talking about being a garbage man. No, and that was based off an English show anyway. Yeah, you're right. So there you go, yeah. Uh, right. So uh, I'm wondering if, if, if this was the first, and I probably should have done a little Wikipedia on this, but um, <laughs> uh, it's fascinating to think that this that, that was the guy, I guess Freddie Prinze a little bit maybe, mm-hmm. but that Gabe was the guy that... You know, they, they didn't, Carlin, it wasn't Carlin, it wasn't this guy, it wasn't the guy, because he was talking of his life. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it, <laughs> I mean, it had like, because it, my, the, the thing I first suggested, which I surprised you shot down, was was uh, mm-hmm, Robert Klein. Robert Klein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because, I, I, here's why. Can I tell you why I shot yeah, that down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your episode with Paul Provenza mm-hmm. is my favorite episode of your show. Uh-huh. And I've done an episode. So long ago. I'm just, yeah, okay, uh, that's fine. Jimmy doesn't listen to the show. That's okay. No, no, no. I said it's my favorite episode of your <laughs> show. It doesn't I'm mean kidding. I stopped I'm there. Um, I'm the biggest dick. Yeah. I don't think I can be as articulate. And I won't he be about being He was incredibly articulate about it. And so it's like he, he nailed Klein in a way that I wouldn't be able to I in any that. way. And I, I didn't want to have... Hey, the Provenza talked about it like this, and Jimmy just went, funny joke. <laughs> so I didn't want to be that. Instead, I'll do that about Gabe Kaplan. Uh, it's okay. You're always going to sound smarter than me on this show. It's okay. That's I all that really matters. <laughs> um, 
wait, why did you? Oh, wait. So you picked this up late '80s. So just out of familiarity with Cotter, it was. I was. Uh, in fact, I remember I, I bought it at uh, Hegwish Records. I was just you know going out and buying, you know, uh, comedy vinyl. I, mm-hmm. I I think I had just maybe started doing open mics or okay. Uh, you know, prior to that, I probably you know I know I had all Steve Martin's albums. And mm-hmm. I know I had some uh, Rodney's uh, No Respect sure. and, and uh, Carlin's A Place for Our Stuff. Is that eighty four? Mm-hmm. Maybe Place yeah, it's about stuff. there. Yeah. Uh, so I had that. I had some of those. I had the you know um, the Comic Relief, which I still have from eighty six. I have a thirty year old long play, a comedy album that I, I don't know why I've, I've I, I used to work with record business, so I had thousands of albums. Sure. How Comic Relief 86 is still in my collection it, is beyond yeah. me. How did that make the cut <laughs> when, when I was declaring bankruptcy and uh, needed Shit. every cent I had to pay rent? Why, mm-hmm. why did that? Nope, got to hang out to that guy. <laughs> and same with Kaplan, though. Why did yeah. Gabe Kaplan make this cut all these years? Yeah. Uh, of you know Almost 30 years of, of, of owning this thing. Especially if you, again, hadn't listened to it in so long. I don't, like, why did it keep? No, I opened for Gabe uh, 10 years ago. Really? No, it's got to be. See, I've lived here. I was still doing sets at the Ice House. It has to be seventeen years ago, maybe. Really? At the Ice House in Pasadena. That's awesome. Yeah, and he was a very nice man, mm-hmm. and he did well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people were excited that it was Mr. Cotter. Sure. But he had not been doing it, you know, because he went on to be a, this professional gambler. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was back at the Ice House, and he and um, uh. It was fine, mm-hmm. and he was a very nice man, and, 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 and talking in the green room, which I don't remember any of the conversation. Remember, sure. remember him being very pleasant and very kind. And um, uh, I've since uh, his daughter ended up working at the Tonight Show. Okay, when I was there at the at Conan uh, Conan's Tonight Show, mm-hmm. uh, and she's on Twitter and very very funny. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've seen him over the years, but yes, I hadn't listened to this in thirty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or mm-hmm. twenty years, or whatever it would be, twenty. Do you want to do the exact math? Do you, uh, sorry. How dare you. What was your first impression re-listening to it, though? Was it, was it immediate laughs, or was it like, yes. just bring, really? Okay. What's the first bit after the Hung Chow? Uh, well, I mean, I think he immediately starts talking about school and Horshack. I think it's like the I think first he does thing. go to the yeah. Horshack. The, mm-hmm. uh, Up your hole with a mellow roll, whatever the voice is that he does, yeah. He, what does he say? He said something early on in that bit mm-hmm. about, um, about Horshack or about going to the school or the thing about the, uh, the how they put you by rank. Yes, yes, the, yes. The fives, the fours, the you know the fives are basically you know basically second. I was basically last because fives are criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I actually remember I was listening to my car and just going, "That's a good joke." Yeah. Oh, that's a good joke because I think Gabe Kaplan to me is a guy that we kind of just almost like Tom Dreesen in a way. Mm-hmm. We know him, mm-hmm. but you go. Not for Dreesen opens up for Sinatra. He's obviously from my grandmother, mm-hmm. and Gabe Kaplan had a sitcom in the seventies, so he's obviously from my parents or maybe my grandparents. He's not for me. Yep. Um, and so I was like, "Well, that's a good joke." And so we almost excused him as like this, not really a comic, more of a uh, personality. I had the same thought when I was listening to it. And it's like, "Oh, these are good jokes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well crafted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which was why I kind of like when I rediscover something like this is like I feel like I'm being horribly unfair to this person I get so guilty you know it's like oh fuck well I mean I've invited him onto the podcast to be fair because I'm like let's before I'd even listen to the album and oh now, you have invited Gabe I have invited him and now I want him on even more because it, it was worth listening to which sounds like it's like the, that's like the lowest compliment sounding no, in the world no, but it, you know it, what I mean no, I know exactly that, and that's kind of what I was trying to say too it's like this is a good comedy album mm-hmm. and it's it, it's 
he's not just that sitcom guy doing mm-hmm. the corny uncle jokes in sure. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he was a legit stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think anybody gave any of any certainly in my generation, nobody went, well, you know, it's Klein, it's this guy, it's Kaplan. Like you right. never even though Kaplan was huge. Sure. Until it's it's crazy that you're right. Like this is worth listening to is a weird way to put it, but accurate. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and it could also be that I mean, this happens all the time. If you're, I don't, and I don't know Kevin James's comedy, but this is a guy who became a, a fucking billionaire because of TV mm-hmm. and doesn't. I don't know if he still. I I'm so sorry, Kevin James. I don't know if he still does comedy. I know you like Paul Blart too, so maybe you know him better than I do. I don't know if he. Um, or I, you assume just because I like Paul Blart too that I know him. Yep. That, that you know something about him. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, he doesn't need to do comedy anymore, and I wonder if that was the situation for Gabe Kaplan. I think it was. You know, it's like, fuck it. Five years of the most successful television show. Hi, I launched John Travolta's career. Right. You know. and I think there was some bitterness there after. Yeah. Because John had become so huge. Sure. And again, this is me reading People magazine. Yeah. It's not like, again, (laughs) he was into the green room going, yeah, I was bitter. Uh, That's going to be the worst Gabe Kaplan impression ever. Um, I'm just judging by what I read on People. But I think, but how do you not? Like, it's Mm -hmm. your show. Mm -hmm. And then here's the... One of the sweat hogs. <laughs> Did you ever do? You ever, uh, do you remember the episode of Welcome Back, Cotter where he then does stand up, and the God. sweat hogs go to watch him do it? Uh uh-uh. uh And his whole act is basically what this album is. Really? Okay. It's him talking about his, but it, but from the I have these students. I got yeah, this one yeah, okay. guy on a horse shack, and he talks like, and he's doing it, and the sweat hogs get mad at him because he's mm-hmm. like, oh, so we're just props to you. We're <laughs> just. It's a pretty neat episode. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Because like it that. kind of is his life. Like these are the kids he grew up with, and mm-hmm. I wonder if he ever met them. It's like, hey, dude. Yeah. How about you not use my real name? That's what I was wondering yeah. too. I'm like, it's Horshack is such a, it's a great sounding name, and I do. It does seem like legit. That's the guy's name, and he just right? didn't think anything of it. So a new student from Philadelphia. Nobody pays much attention to him, except Horshack, <laughs> who goes up to him in the schoolyard and thinks he could take advantage of him because he's a new kid. He goes, "Hi, you're from Philadelphia, huh? I'm Wild Horshack." Up your hallway at Mellow Rock. Kid doesn't flinch. Says, up your ass with mobile gas. <laughs> then he tips his hat and says, happy motoring. <laughs> Horshack thinks for a minute and fires back. Oh yeah, well up your hallway at Mellow Rock. And then the kid does something we've never seen before in all the history of ranking. He does his next rank in an impression. Does Groucho Marx. Ranking. Oh, yeah? Well, I love you, bud. With a secret word. And a secret word is cucumber. By the way, I heard your mother's like the Pennsylvania Railroad. She's been laid all over the country. <laughs> but now to that end. Is that the magic of his acting? Knowing show business, mm-hmm. as I do, I I wonder if it's not a real name because mm-hmm. there's no way they would name a sitcom. Right. Is there? Well, I don't know. You know, this is 74. Same year Blazing Saddles comes out. Supposedly, according to Mel Brooks, Hedy uh, Lamar sued them over the Hedley Lamar joke. Supposedly. This is what he says. I love Mel Brooks, but I know all of his stories are bullshit, or at least half bullshit. I love him to death, but I know that like it's hard to take. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. Did but. you just hear his great? Uh, 
we just went to see Young Frankenstein at the theater. Oh, yeah. And, and Mel did a live introduction to it. Okay. Um, on the screen. That's awesome. It was, it was live on the Sony lot, but it was not live. No, I'm, yeah, Sony lot. Okay. Right? Is that where they shoot Modern Family? I have no idea. I don't, I'm never on a set, Jimmy. I apologize. I thought you were in show business. Thank you for your time. <laughs> um, uh, but he told the story about Marty Feldman, so I wonder if this is one of the ones that you know. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes the, the best part about Marty Feldman is he had two eyes. He was like a he was like a shark. They would both look in opposite directions. So if you ever want to play hide and seek, he would just hide right in front of his nose. <laughs> he would never see it. So he tells that story uh-huh. as he's walking through the uh, through the lot, and mm-hmm. he's pointing out where young Frank is now was shot. Okay. And then they go into the, uh, uh, whatever the name of the theater was, where there's... A hundred people waiting to watch Young Frankenstein, but they've just watched him doing this because yeah, it's yeah, streaming yeah. live. And then he tells the same story to the audience that just saw him do it, <laughs> and it was a little like not sad because right. it's like, but it's like, oh, he just has the one story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, uh, but he's great. Oh yeah, of course he is. He's a fucking god, and he's great. And you've asked him to do the show, I would imagine, a million times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of this. I don't want to, but I don't want to keep harassing him about it. You know. Uh, I do know. Uh, did I? I know this is off Gabe Kaplan. Uh, did I ever tell you the story about when he was on Conan? Mm-mm. And um, did I ever? Did, did you ever tell me? Your show, did I tell you this, Jason? <laughs> well, and I haven't heard it on your podcast, to be uh, fair. So Mel Brooks was on, I think it was his first time okay. on, on Conan, and he was coming on to promote, I forget what it was, and he was great. It was when he pulled, he took out, when he went on the stage, mm-hmm. he took a chair and put it on the other side of Conan's desk <laughs> and said, you know, I don't like you talking that direction. You, all you guys talk this direction. I want you to do it over here. And it was great. It was hysterical. Mm-hmm. So, but before he went out on stage, uh, I was like, there's only been a handful of people. Like, uh, I, I say to the producers, I have to meet them. Of course. Uh, you know, it was uh, Tom Hanks and Carl Reiner and um, uh, a handful of others. Um, and one, of course, was Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. Mel was, oh, Dick Van Dyke. Sure. Uh, so when Mel was there, it's like I, I have to. I, I, I don't care if I make a, if I'm a fanboy. I don't mm-hmm. care what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I cannot be, you know, a, you know, plasterboard away from Mel Brooks and not mm-hmm. be able to say hello to him. Absolutely. So the producer goes in. Uh, hey, the you know the the warm up comic wants to say hello. Of course, and I hear him. Of course, you know. He's in <laughs> so I come in and goes, "Who are you?" And you know, and I go, uh, "Jimmy Pardo." Jimmy Pardo, tell me about what you do out there. And he's couldn't be nicer. Awesome. Couldn't be it's like it was like this is everything I wanted. Like this is, you know, sometimes you meet somebody and it doesn't go well. Of course, this was. I walked out and then it dawned on me, hey dummy, you have a mutual friend of Mel Brooks, uh, Lee Delano. Okay, uh, who now pronounces his name Lee Delano for reasons I don't understand, but uh, we always know him. He's a family friend. He was at my wedding. Mm-hmm. Lee Delano was a character actor, who when Show of Shows went on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, did all the Carl Reiner stuff. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Uh, so he would work with Sid, and he worked with uh, uh, Sid Caesar and, and Imogene Coca and, and all these, uh, th- that group of guys. Yeah. Lee was part of that group, Jesus including Christ. Mel. That's mind-blowing. Right? Yeah. So I was like, I forgot to bring up Lee. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, do I, do I bring him back up? What do I do? So he does the bit, he comes off stage, and he's in his dressing room, and he's walking past, and I had since... I had a Young Frankenstein DVD cover, mm-hmm. and I had asked the producer, can you please have this signed? And, and Mel signed it to Jimmy Pardo, uh, best Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. And it was very nice. And he, went, and he so he's walking past me. He's on his way out. He's being escorted out. And he goes, did, did you get the DVD? Did you get the cover? <laughs> and I said, I did. I go, as a matter of fact, I, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, 
we're, we're family friends. Uh, in fact, he was at my wedding with Lita Lano. And he goes, Lita Lano! <laughs> I loved you, Lita Lano! And as a matter of fact, and he comes over and he grabs me by the forearm. And he goes, uh-huh. I just saw Lee. This one since Caesar was still alive. Mm-hmm. But he was dying. Sure. He goes, I just saw Lee yesterday. We were over at SIDS. I see him once a week. We all go to SIDS. We all sit around. We tell the same stupid stories. <laughs> and uh, But it makes Sid happy. And we repeat the same stuff. And he goes, I- I'll see him Sunday. I'm going to tell him I saw Jimmy Pardo. Uh, what a, oh, Jimmy, what a, thank you for bringing up Lee. Couldn't have been nicer. That's fucking And awesome. then he goes, he goes, so nice to meet you, young man. And then he walks away and he goes, all right, let's get out of here. Pardo! <laughs> <laughs> and he yells my name in the green room. Holy fuck. And everybody is like, is watching the Conan on the on the te- television. Yeah. And everybody like looks up like, why? Who's yelling it? And they see Mel Brooks is circling his hand above his head like a helicopter. Oh my God. Yelling Pardo. And then he walks out and everybody comes running over to me and goes, was Mel Brooks just doing a bit with you? I go, yes, Mel Brooks is just doing a bit with me. <laughs> oh it was the greatest. God. It was the greatest. Woof. So here, another side. This is not Gabe Kaplan, but here's. The, so here, yeah. I tell Lee Delano that he mm. goes. Let me tell you something about Mel Brooks. He goes, he's the greatest guy in the world. I'm over on the Paramount lot one day. I think it was Paramount, and I'm doing Charlie's Angels. I'm doing an episode of Charlie's Angels, and I'm I'm playing a heavy, playing a heavy, and I'm and I'm walking around, and uh, uh, I'm I'm at, I'm at lunch break, and and I'm walking on the lot, and who would I run into? But Mel. And he, and he goes, uh, Lee, what are you doing here? He goes, why are you dressed like a gangster? He goes, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing the Charlie's Angels, and I'm just, uh, I'm one of the heavies. And uh, uh, and Mel's like, oh, that's great. What stage? What stage are you on? He goes, oh, I'm right over there, stage seventeen. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. He's like, why do you want to know that? He goes, he goes, I'm just, I'm making a conversation with you, Lee. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> so hours go by. Lee's in the middle of a scene. He's on the set of Charlie's Angels. They're doing a scene. The stage door opens up. Where's Lee Delano? I must see Lee Delano. I must have him for my next picture. <laughs> and everybody's like, cut. And everybody's like, who the hell? And then Mel Brooks walks out. And everybody's like, it's Mel Brooks. Oh, fuck. Like, that's, to me, yeah. that's friendship and that's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if, if that's if that story to me is like, that shows you how fun Mel Brooks is mm-hmm. as a human being. Mm-hmm. And that little side version of mine of him yelling Pardo and leaving. Mm-hmm. It's like, he just is. He's he's a comedian yeah. with funny in his bones, mm-hmm. and I I that Lee Delano story of him bursting out of Charlie's Angels is like, I wish is it's almost like Carson going over to yell at Don Rickles for breaking the box. Yeah, that yeah, classic yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing like interrupting that. Like that's there should be more of that, and oh, yeah. uh, it just shows camaraderie and what this town should be. I agree. Yeah, Jimmy, you're so nice. I got amped up. I guess I know you did. I do. This is why I like having you on the show, Jimmy. You're a very nice guy. I try to be. And you're very fun. Do the best I can. Uh, you, you get us off track an awful lot, though, so I feel like oh. we should... <laughs> Don't, you, can't, you can't spin it back the other way. You said I was in a green room with Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> Sorry. I don't have a big... Here's the problem. I associate your voice with a certain tone, and now I'm doing to you what I feel like you do... Poorly, what you do to your guests, you're, and I apologize. You're not wrong about it. I'm adapting. Either. You know what I understand? And it's a bad adaptation. You should not do that. You know what I mean? Like, I do. David Frost was very good with with Nixon. He didn't turn into Nixon when Nixon's. I'm not. Com- I'm now comparing you to Richard Nixon. Yeah, who am I? That was story? an accident. Um, Gabe Kaplan. Yes, I've got, I've got no segue whatsoever. Um, well, we should just go back into your show then, <laughs> as opposed to my my two of my four anecdotes I have in show business. <laughs> but there's so many. I, I mean, I mean, the thing is, I could have gone on as well because Mel Brooks is my. Fucking hero. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm told somebody who works for him was at our show the other night. Wait, what? Yeah, at our Young Frankenstein show. So now, that's the only reason I'm keeping these mutton chops, by the way. Just the in off case. Off chance, uh, like, hey, uh, come here, performance from Mel Brooks. Fuck yes, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um, 
there's a Polish joke in this album. What do you think of that, Jimmy? Uh... But it, but he's doing it in character, is he not? Uh, yes, he does actually. Yep, he does it absolutely. That's you know what? I think that's one of the reasons all this shit works. Like I, I don't think there's anything in here that's like I'm a dick and here's a funny joke about you know Polish folks. It's, it's he's all character. It's one of those things. I'm gonna ask you. I want your opinion on this. Yes, I'm always torn. Like I even do a joke in my act about something my son said, mm-hmm. and it gets a big laugh. Uh huh. But it's not my joke. Sure. Like so, I'm just I'm just. Sharing a story with the audience mm-hmm. of a joke my son said, mm-hmm. I'm just relaying it mm-hmm. um, on stage and taking the credit for it. Right. So when I'm listening to Gabe mm-hmm. and he's telling these true stories and, about yeah, and here's something funny that the Freddie or the Ferdy, whatever it was, mm-hmm. basically the Boom Boom Washington character, yeah, 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 uh, like, and then Freddie would say this, and then he says what Freddie would say, and mm-hmm. big laugh, big it's laugh. Like, okay, now did Freddie really say that? Sure. Or is he taking artistic? Uh, uh, License. License, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reworking it to make it get a laugh. Sure. So I'm, I, I, was, that, I was in my head thinking about that. Like, Me too. Well, again, how do the other people feel about him getting laughs with his, with his joke? Because mm-hmm. some of them are, are flat-out jokes. For sure. And then Freddie would make this joke. Repeat, laugh, applause mm-hmm. break, and then... Yeah, I mean, it's so hard. Is, that, is, is at some point it becomes this uh, borderline documentary. And also, if they're not going to go do stand-up with it, I say you can take it as long as it's... You know, I mean, you're giving credit to your son. I mean, it's be really, I do give him credit. Be really sad if in 25 years he was like, here's a great joke I told when I was eight. You know. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's a good so I feel point. like it should be yours. You own it. You own it. I'm also the breadwinner of the family. Exactly what I'm saying. When he, he starts bringing in a couple of bucks, <laughs> then I'll give him his joke back. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about how heavily character-oriented it is, even though he's telling us every story he tells, though, he's, like, obviously big on voices. Right. I mean, which I, I alluded to earlier, but, like, he, he busts out, like, within a matter of 10 minutes, there's... Groucho, there's Durante, Alfred Hitchcock of all fucking people. Yes. Uh, there's some other ones. I mean, there's the, a whole the the, the Hitchcock. And by the way, I, yeah, again, I like this album. Mm-hmm. I was impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hitchcock was the one that really seems shoehorned in. Ah, uh-huh. didn't it? Like yep. that was the one. Like mm-hmm. really, really, somebody, somebody on the playground <laughs> was doing a, an Alfred Hitchcock in that? a Yo Mama basically <laughs> yeah. roast battle. Uh huh. Brought out a Hitchcock. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um. I also, do you get proud of yourself if you predict a joke or do you feel bad for the comedian? Because there's one that I predicted, but I liked it because it still fulfilled it. Uh, I, 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 you know what it is? If it's somebody who's good, mm-hmm. I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. If it's an open micer mm-hmm. and, and you, and you, you know, you basically hear the horn of the truck coming, uh-huh. then I kind of like, oh, dude. Right, 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 right. It's right. weird how I uh, unfairly mm-hmm. will give the, yeah. Well, when I busted out the notes, the first word that obviously stood out was masturbation. But he does a masturbation joke about Sir Edmund Hillary, who climbed uh, yeah, Mount Everest. It's a solid, I'm like... Masturbation. A lot of people are turned off by masturbation. Jokes, particularly. They don't want to hear about that. Why? Some of the greatest people in the world... <laughs> Example, Sir Edmund Hillary... Sir Edmund Hillary was the first man to climb Mount Everest. But when Sir Edmund was a precocious 11, his mother came in the room, caught him in the act. She couldn't believe it. She said, Sir Edmund, why are you doing that? And he said, because it was there. (laughs) 
because it was there because, because of that you're going to have to do it right and he does that I'm like yep thank you like I don't know and again it made me feel pleased with myself because I'm an asshole but it also is a, a solid joke and I just hit your microphone I'm luckily it's so. not plugged in uh, it is but it's probably not on okay uh, I also thought the masturbation stuff for 1974 mm-hmm. and again through the eyes of thinking he is the sitcom star yeah I uh, was like wow that's pretty out there yeah yeah, yeah. It's pretty racy uh, but maybe sure. it's not maybe they maybe if I pull every comedy album from 74 they're all talking about beating off but <laughs> but then he would he used phrases like beating off or jerk off yeah or, which I, I again I just associate that era maybe with the Klein albums where it's mm-hmm. not that kind of language yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember I, that really throwing me a little bit, right? Yeah, I was okay with it, but I was like, "Oh, so I now have to adjust my brain to what '74 was for Gabe Kaplan." I'm obviously rewriting history because I wasn't alive then, but like, you know, there's a little bit of that. Um, I've lost my place in my brain. What about uh, all right? So <laughs> the one part that I oh, uh, the one part I thought was really interesting was the um, when he's talking about the talking vibrator, <laughs> yes. and uh, which again I I find to be. I don't like the phrase pushing the envelope, but it seems to have been something that you could easily see in 1999 or 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go, yeah, okay, yeah, talking vibrator. Yeah, mm-hmm. Of course, that's, that's some comic trying to be edgy and it laughs. But in 74, it was edgy. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I was seven or however old I was in 74. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I found it very strange that he did the Vegasy show busy thing where he does the talking vibrator and he gets an applause break. And he, they, but he's he's already gone into his next bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, and then, uh, thank you, thank you very much. And then break back. Like he thanked <laughs> I, them. I, I missed that for the applause break <laughs> on the talking vibrator bit. And was, I almost hope that when he walked off stage, he made he made fun of himself, or mm-hmm. the other comics went, "Really? You thank him for the applause break on the talking dildo?" Like so, I, I hope he, his balls were busted on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's phenomenal. I totally yeah. missed that at all. And the other thing too is like. Your, I think, I think your, uh, your surprise at the content makes sense. It, it, Cotter was the next year, a year after this album comes out, which I think, and the copy I have has the Welcome Back Cotter cost, ca- ugh, cast on it, so it must have been an immediate re-release. Oh, it must have been because yeah. mine has, uh, uh, it, it, it looks like um, space, black, mm-hmm. black holes, and then mellow rolls. Okay, all right, and that's the cover. Like, and the mellow rolls are almost like a spaceship. Shit, I haven't even seen that copy of it. Yeah. I haven't seen that cover, but yeah, so they must have immediately. On the success of that show, released re-releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but could, but could you imagine, almost like a, if Bob Saget would have released an album then. Yeah. Like in 75, if you go, oh, hey, Mom, get exactly. me the game album for Christmas, and it's and you're nine, uh-huh. and you get, you're talking about talking vibrators and beating <laughs> off? That's pretty... <laughs> yeah, I'm actually shocked that that wasn't a thing, that that didn't throw anybody. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, my God. Do you have a, a favorite bit on this? Because... I don't know. I did like the Sullivan. Yeah. But I think I, you know what I liked, you know what I didn't like all that much was the uh, the opening of side two. And I hate to say anything negative because it's fine. Uh, th- that bit felt flat to me. Mm-hmm. That that bit felt very early comedy. You can get away with this. If you try that now, you would be stared at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, what would like, the, what was the commercials? What, what was the? Uh, it was a commercial the, for ear. Changing America or something. Oh, wait, no, I'm like thinking of the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, because it was, it was uh, like um, a fake dun. patriotic thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, and there it, were a couple decent jokes in there, but overall <laughs> I felt like, oh, this is too long and somebody mm-hmm. should have told him don't put this on vinyl. Right, right. Um, and also I think Albert Brooks did something similar that was 
better. I mean, no insult to Gabe Kaplan, just better put together. No, and again, that's weird for me. To, I, I'm even uncomfortable saying the only bit that didn't work for me was that mm-hmm. because I did enjoy the rest of it. Yep. And, and like I said, found myself in that annoying way of 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 like pointing at my dashboard and giving him approval. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one there. Oh, that's good. Well, that's well crafted. Good for you. Like, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> guy's had more success than you've ever had how dare you judge him right 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 um but i like the uh yeah the sullivan and then uh i did like the way he ends it where he has the wonderful callback of you know i live in fear that i'm going to be waiting and you know how long i'm going to be in a long line and hey how much longer up your hole with a you know uh mm-hmm. with the mellow roll mellow roll yeah i couldn't yeah. think of it I, I, what a nice way to like bring it back around 44 minutes later get yeah. a big laugh i gotta go yeah yeah, yeah. man do you do you have a favorite? No, it's it's the Sullivan thing. Oh, it is. And I think it's because it is so heavily character that he can make jokes that I, because I really enjoy ironic racism because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of racism. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of racism. I love it. Okay, this okay. This country is getting behind the right man. <laughs> comedy. That's all uh, set for comedy. Yeah, they just said it was for comedy. Yeah, thanks. We, we don't get funny on this show that often, so thank you for clearing My that up. My pleasure. Um, but yeah, no, I think just because it's so thick with character, and honestly, like he holds the the impression the whole time. He doesn't break it, right? Because his Hitchcock was okay, you know. His Durante's is a Durante. His Groucho is good because well, you know, he did a one man show. Groucho. Groucho. Yeah, yeah, I had to look it up on YouTube. And but. it actually was. I remember uh, when it, 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 it was on PBS or something when it first came out. Okay, uh, I remember going, "This is great." Yeah, and 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 also again, condescending Dick. Uh, Good for Gabe Kaplan. Good for him. <laughs> Doing something else. <laughs> Come on, jerk. Again, he's had more success than you'll ever have. You're working at uh, Jokers. Um, but he... Uh, uh, I like I like, I like any good Groucho. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so I, I appreciate that part of it. Um, I thought the masturbation stuff was like... Again, it was edgy, so I thought it was like, these are good jokes. They were really good. I mean... I, I'm trying to think of the first time. I think Billy Connolly was the first time I ever heard anybody do masturbation material that didn't seem crude or crass. Because this doesn't. It's just pretty frank. And uh, genuine and real. Like, mm-hmm. and, and frank, is to use your word, is probably what I should have just said. Yes, you're right. <laughs> as opposed to feeling the need to hear my own voice repeating exactly what you just said with different words. Uh, it's, it's That's okay. That's this show every week, but I'm in your position. So it's good. It's nice to look into a mirror, Jimmy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Glad I could help. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, the Ed Sullivan one is my my favorite bit, and I I feel like seventy four maybe around the last year you could do Ed Sullivan and have it still be relevant. Am I wrong? When did he go off the air? Seventy four seems late for that still to be like relevant. But people loved it. People they ate it up because they're his age. So I assume. I don't. I wonder. I remember people doing Ed Sullivan up until like. Maybe to the 80s, huh? Yeah, you know, what am I talking about? Maybe I grew up watching Ed Sullivan impressions, so I'm, I'm full of shit. I'm full right. of shit. So you, and, right, you didn't grow up watching Ed Sullivan. No, no. You grew up... Uh, Probably exclusively seeing Ed, Ed Sullivan impressions now, right. that, now that we talk about it. So not understanding him from a point of... Yeah, okay. So fuck me. I'm wrong. Well, it's, you know, it's like basically like my, my, my Bob Hope impression is an impression of Dave Thomas doing Bob Hope. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I grew up watching Dave Thomas do impressions. Of course. And then retroactively, that's not... That, that ain't right. That's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> then went back and, and then ended up watching Bob Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, thinking, boy, that doesn't sound right, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so Sullivan's kind of the same way. Like, we didn't grow up watching that. That's true. But we certainly know it. Although we all heard those stories about Elvis and the Beatles. They were all on there. So was Jackie Mason. 
Why would you pick Jackie Mason? Well, the famous Jackie Mason story of uh, he had to follow the Beatles, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, no, no. But I mean, why would you have picked his album is what I mean. Oh, um, why would I? Because we didn't ask. I didn't ask you that. Why would I have picked it? Because it was one of the five that I had uh, when mm-hmm. when you said, do you want to come back on? And I, mm-hmm. and I wheeled my office chair over to my uh, album collection and went, what albums do I have? <laughs> I don't want to do Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to do Bob Newhart. I was trying to find things that I know that hopefully that you hadn't done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although my first choice was uh, the cast album of SNL, mm-hmm. which I still have. It's a good album. And I wrote what? That came out in like 75. Mm-hmm. I wrote, speaking of awful words, is I didn't like a cast member. And I wrote gay with an arrow pointing at him on the back of the album cover <laughs> to his cast photo. Oh gay arrow. Um, and I still, that's the, that's, and again, that's, I still, that, still that's have that the copy. for 30 years. Still have that copy. You know, in case anybody wants to raid my house and find that and consider me a homophobe. Um, but I, but you've done that out. You've done that twice, you said. We have done it twice. We've done a sh- so many, there are a couple albums we've done like five times though, because. I can't, I try and push people now, but it's in the past, I didn't have the balls to push people to pick something that's in my collection. That was the easier thing because then we discover something new, you know, like Joseph Scrimshaw did the show and we did Maury Amsterdam's album. Maury Amsterdam, that was fucking great. Was it great? Phenomenal. Like, is it the best album in the world? No. Is it (laughs) fun to talk about for an hour? Fuck yeah. Yeah, It was great. Uh, And there's some really good stuff on it because Maury Amsterdam was like, what did they call him? The joke... Machine is joke machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, Rich Scheidner. Have you ever, have you had Rich Scheidner on? Mm-mm. Rich has a great new book out. Uh-huh. I call. I believe it's called Kicking the Ashes. Okay. Uh, and it's about him coming up in the '80s comedy boom. He started in the '70s, and uh, he's got a great story in there about Maury Amsterdam, where uh, he and some other young comics went over there to show Maury about what comedy's all about. And then Maury was very gracious and was like, uh, "Well, tell me what kind of bits you're doing, young man." And, well, I'm doing this thing. Oh, like uh, Joe Simpson did back in uh, on uh, the Texaco Hour. And then what? What about you? Oh, like uh, Don John did. You know, like like every like there like nothing's original. Was That's the point of it? Fucking like, great. In Maury Amsterdam, but was this machine so mm-hmm. knew everybody's bits and. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Good God! I used like, to love when obviously the Dick Van Dyke show. Sure. When he would pop up and which was every episode, but he would mm-hmm. like I remember like in high school or grade school when that would come on reruns, of course. Um, the other kids were always go, yeah, but the jokes are so corny. He's always got corny jokes, and why would he, why would they ever put his jokes on the show? It's like, well, they weren't corny then, and they're not corny. They're not really corny. That's the character, right? And it's and he's great. Yeah, and I yeah. can't even articulate what. Uh, but I know what you're saying, and he, they're based off of him being a guy who could just off the top of his fucking dome, just. I rewatched the pilot of that show a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Fuck!" It's there's there's a whole where they just do a whole vaudeville bit with all three of them. I love it. Holy Christ! I used to, and this it was my guilty pleasure growing up. Mm-hmm. Of those were the episodes I loved because I loved you know, like song and dance stuff, mm-hmm. and I remember those were the episodes where everybody else was like, "I don't like that one because it's just them performing a Christmas pageant in their house." Mm-hmm. It's like, I love that one. Yeah. They're doing, they're dancing and they're singing. Mm-hmm. And, and then Maury's going to get up and do a little time. Uh, although when Rosemary gets up at one point and, and claps her hands to go into it, it's like, oh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. If somebody did that at a Christmas party, I would I would leave. Um, but they were, but like, I remember overthinking that. Like, But they're all invested. They're all listening to her. Mm-hmm. They're all actors, you idiot. <laughs> but uh, yes. Okay, she's hypnotized. Now I'm going to talk to her. How old are you? Twelve. What's your name? Regan. 
I'm addressing myself to the person who's inside of Regan. You are also hypnotized, and when I ask you to speak, you must identify yourself. Who are you? This is Howard Cosell in possession of a small child. Are you in control of Regan? I certainly am. Look at her. She's wearing Fruit of the Loom underwear. Are you in there alone? No, Don Meredith and Frank Gifford are in here with me. <sighs> what would your sitcom be, Jimmy? I mean, here's the thing. I always wonder, like, this he, This is such a literal translation of his bits. They're like, hey, we really like the school kid bit. You want to turn that into a TV show? Like, I never understand how that happens. Where did King of Queens come from? I don't know his bits. So I, why, why did Kevin James come back? But I'm just curious what, what, what Jimmy Pardo's TV Boy, show is. Boy, that's a great question. What you know, what I, I had a meeting uh, with an agent, with a producer when I first moved here mm-hmm. like, some years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was... They were turning everybody into a teacher. Sure, that was sure. They were like, so what, what about you? Because you know, like uh, you know, you know, you're not the tallest guy, but you mm-hmm. know, you've got this little. You're, you're like a, you got the bark, and you know, you're this guy, but you, but deep <laughs> down, you have a heart. Maybe you could be the teachers. Like, and I was like, I, I don't want to. You're doing that with Tom Rhodes, and you're doing hmm. it with, um, oh, who was the other kid that? Uh, I since passed away, but I forget his name. He was a funny comic. But they made him into a teacher. Okay. And then they made girls into teachers. Like mm-hmm. everything. Joy Behar. Joy Behar oh, was a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like, seriously? Like, in my head, it was like, I have a meeting with a big, huge producer in this town. And that's, and that's the idea. Now, keep in mind, dummy, pointing at myself, should have done it. Uh, sure. Why? I, I, I don't know what. I don't know what pedestal I was on that day where I felt like I, well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. Your idea. Good day, sir. And I walk out and then I call my, I remember calling my agent going, did that guy ever call us back? No. And it's like, that seems weird. Why would he be so interested in the nonsense at all? Moron. Holy shit. I don't know, maybe because you crapped on his idea. Mm-hmm. I should have just done it. I would do it today. Call me again, sir. <laughs> call me again. I could be an actor. I could be a teacher better than ever today. <laughs> not any teacher TV shows right now, are there? I don't think so. I don't think there are. No, because so. they did four thousand of them in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Head of the class was one that I uh, remember watching a lot of. Yeah, that was uh, that was in my little uh, void of comedy where mm-hmm. I wasn't because I was on the road so much. Sure. I didn't see a lot of uh, all, I, and it was VCRs, so I was able to record, mm-hmm. you know, f- Friends mm-hmm. and Seinfeld, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then come home on Sunday nights and watch those two, and then reset the recorder for the next week. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it would be like. You know, I grew up. That's always been the problem with Jimmy Pardo's act is that it's very funny mm-hmm. and it's hard to argue with that. Uh, and boy, he's quite a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what would the show be? Nobody's figured that out in 20 plus years. <laughs> so, and the, and I don't think they're wrong. You know, it's like, I don't really talk about my personal life on stage and I don't talk about, you know, having worked in record stores and done, doing all that. Or even if I did, nobody wants to make a sitcom about a record store anymore. Probably not, no. Uh, it would be me pitching that, and I'd be shot down immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly the uh, vinyl and uh, roadies uh, killed any prospect of yeah. Good call. that happening. Mm-hmm. Even though those were comedies, they were certainly funny because they were horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know what the answer would be. What would my sitcom be? It was a weird question. You can just say it was a shitty question, Jason. Nope, Let's it's a fine question. I don't, I don't, I don't, I actually have one know. idea, but I'm not going to talk about it. No, I was going to say, like... What you, if that ever... What if it happens? What if tomorrow that guy does call me back? Yeah, right? You're working on stuff. I'm not going to ask you to give up any of that right now. I mean, you could. You could make it exclusive that no one would hear. 
If you really, <laughs> they're going to hear it because I'm going to tweet it out about. Okay, it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And I've got the greatest fans in the world. They will listen. That is true. No, that is true. Um, if why recommend this album to anybody? What's a good reason to listen to this album if you've never heard it? You know what? Just just to give Gabe Kaplan the respect that yeah. I think he deserves. Okay. Um, and I, and by the way, I'm going to circle back and say the same thing about Tom Dreesen. Tom Dreesen is still doing this. Mm-hmm. And again, for some reason, Tom Dreesen's a punchline, and he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. He's a great comic, but again, he's so dis- he's dismissed because of his association with uh, uh, Sinatra. Everybody just thinks he's a cheesy Vegas performer. Okay, okay. And I think that Gabe, again, I think Gabe's kind of treated that way too and shouldn't be. So I would recommend you listen to this for that reason. Mm-hmm. Give Kaplan the respect he deserves. Mm-hmm. Or, and if you don't, up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> I wonder, I also realize we've been taking for granted that my audience knows what Welcome Back Cotter well, was. You point. know what, I, I'm, I'm now realizing. Well, uh, go you right know, ahead. You explain it while I take a sip. Okay. It was a show in the think? 70s. Thank you. Yeah, right, there you go. That was it. 75 to 79, if I'm not mistaken. Gabe Kaplan is a teacher to a bunch of shithead teenagers and uh it's fun it was a cute show. if i remember correctly it was good it might be crap i don't know i don't know if it holds up because i haven't seen it yeah uh but it was i can speak for me mm-hmm. i can speak for paul gil martin i can speak for my brother mm-hmm. um and probably a handful of other guys it was it was our favorite show yeah like you couldn't we, we had the we had the welcome back Cotter t-shirts mm-hmm. um the welcome back Cotter lunchbox i mean it was our favorite show. It was. We laughed. Uh, we you, you talked about it the next day. You couldn't wait to. You know, Vinnie Barbarino was a Halloween costume, mm-hmm. and Travolta was phenomenal. Sure. They all were. Sure. Robert Hedges as Epstein was great. Oh yeah. Uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs as as Freddie Washington and Ron Palillo or Palio as Horshack, mm-hmm. which is weird to me to think of the two of those guys are dead now. That is fucked up. Um, yeah. It's great. I met Robert Hedges once as a kid. Really? He was a very nice man. That's awesome. I met him and uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs at a uh, World of Wheels, waiting in the line to get their autograph and shake their hand. What is that? Not a car. It's a car show. Okay. But it's the um, the exotic cars. Like the, uh, oh, It's okay. not the, hey, here's the new models of 17. It's mm-hmm. the um, souped-up weirdo cars. Awesome. And then okay. they would also bring in Celebrity to uh, attract people to come. Okay. Hey, you get to meet Dick Van Patten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would go and wait in line while my dad would go look at the cars yeah, yeah, yeah. to meet Dick Van Patten. That's awesome. Uh, and Willie Ames, who I said, uh, what's it like working with Dick Van Dyke? And Willie Ames says, to a kid. And by the way, I say, what's it like working with him? Because I don't know what else to say. Yeah. And, he, and, I, and so Willie Ames, to a complete stranger, uh, eight-year-old kid goes, well, you know Dick. He's so off the wall. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> and to this, I only remember that to this day because I, I walked away going, I don't even understand that answer. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I know I, at that age, I didn't know what off the wall means. Uh-huh. And uh, why would you say, well, you know, Dick, I don't know Dick at all, That's except funny. for when I met him 45 seconds ago and he signed my picture. Oh. Uh, and then they would have the Batmobile and they would have like the yeah. uh, Starsky and Hutch car and that of sort course. of thing. Of course, okay. And so, yeah, Epstein and, and Washington were at the, at one of them, and they were very, very nice That's men. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like I saw Washington at a Starbucks once. I can believe it. I got really excited and then realized I didn't remember his real human name and oh. didn't want to say anything. So I'm not, I'm not going to be that asshole. No. You know. Hey, what's um, up? Boom, boom. Yeah, How right? would that be? Yeah. Oh, God. So oh, thank you for not letting me forget that I did that role <laughs> 40 years right. ago. Um, what? I don't. 
this can come out whenever it need be, but what's coming up for Jimmy Pardo? Well, speaking of Vinyl, mm-hmm. we are uh, my, my latest album, Sprezzatura, mm-hmm. is available on Vinyl. Yes. Uh, and then we are re-releasing uh, Pompous Clown, my mm-hmm. second CD, which came out in 2005. Uh-huh. We're releasing that on uh, colored vinyl mm-hmm. uh, in time for Christmas. Awesome. So go to a special thing, records.com. <laughs> hey, Matt. <laughs> go to astrecords.com. I've just been told by the uh, president of uh, a special thing records. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be coming out in time for Christmas. And uh, uh-huh. it is, uh, uh, it's a fun album. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be, uh, be neat to have it on vinyl. I'm going to have to get it and have you sign it. We weren't happy to do it. You okay. have to tour, right? I don't. Oh, we'll give you one before I, you leave. I, well, that's nice of you. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I, that's very nice of you. Of course. I'm very privileged. I'm, My pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it? That's all that's coming up? Seems like enough, right? I guess so. So, and that comes out when again? Uh, in time for Christmas. In time for Christmas. We're you told. literally just told me that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, you know, jimmyproto.com for any uh, live tour dates. And then we're doing a bunch of Never Not Funny uh, live shows around the country mm-hmm. coming up. And so uh, you can find that at nevernotfunny.com. Mm-hmm. And the podcast at Never Not Funny. Podcastathon's in March. Podcastathon is in March. March what? March 4th. March 4th. Where we raise money for Smile Train. Awesome. Uh, the great organization that uh, goes to the third world countries and mm-hmm. provides the surgery to fix the cleft palates and cleft. Uh, Lips of uh, kids and families that couldn't otherwise afford it. Why did I allow you to do that when now I have to push my stuff so I sound like the asshole following the charity? Why did I do that, Jimmy? You set me up. I really did. Go to lookingforwardmovie.com. It's a movie I've been doing since March online. You can see it. There's a ton of blogs. It's literally at 10 hours at this point. It'll be cut into something you can actually watch next year. But go there. Or you can wait and uh, do something for the children. You could, all, you could also do that. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Jimmy, thank you for doing this. My honor. As always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune into the new Stand Up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. Music